0: All right, guys, welcome to the CrossFit Gelogen podcast. Today we have Rachel Rivera. She's been with uh, CrossFit Gelogen, a member of CrossFit Gelogen, for three and a half years. So, welcome.
1: Hi, Brian. (laughs) How
0: are you doing today, Rachel?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. So, we invited, or I should say, I invited uh, Rachel onto the podcast today uh, for a couple specific reasons because she does um, some really cool work. In multiple different industries and she's also been a member for a long time and I think you guys all have a lot to learn from her in um, about having success in fitness so before we get into all my specific questions Rachel in your words why don't you tell us a little bit about your fitness journey in general and then I'll, I'll ask you about CrossFit Jones and later
1: okay sure so um... I'm sure when I say this, you can totally see this being the case, but my um, fitness journey started in high school, and I was a competitive cheerleader, so I was on the j v team and the varsity team have a varsity letter um that doesn't really count for anything in two thousand twenty as a forty year old but I had a varsity <laughs> letter in um cheerleading, and we competed um across the nation. We were really good. Um, and then I went to college and college was hard <laughs> getting my pharmacy degree and I didn't do much with fitness in college. I clearly did not go on a cheerleading scholarship, um, to school. Um, then I graduated and I moved to a Native American reservation and everybody was into fitness okay not necessarily the native americans but all the non-native americans that lived on the reservation were all into fitness it was hiking it was biking and we were surrounded by the four corners so you know i i had to get in on what everybody else was doing and people were doing half marathons and i was terrible at running terrible but i decided everybody else is doing a half marathon i'm gonna do a half marathon too So I did a half marathon. I kept in pace with a speed walker (laughs) the whole time, and uh, but I finished my first and last half marathon. Um, I will say that my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, taught me how to breathe when I ran in high school. Whenever I ran, I would hold my breath and just try to get it over with as quickly as possible. And he taught me how to breathe and run so that I could do longer distances. And then after the native American reservation. I mean, I, I kind of did some stuff to get ready for the wedding, but I kind of like let everything go by the wayside. And then he went to Iraq and in 2011, I discovered CrossFit and, um, apparently I was good at it and I was doing my intro with, um, with that CrossFit gym. And she was like, you're really strong. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And she just kept adding weights to stuff. And, you know, that's when I realized I could deadlift greater than 150 pounds and I can do much heavier now, but at the time you would have never, you know, made me guess that I could, I could deadlift that, that heavily. Um, and then we left that duty station in 2012 and then I didn't do stuff for a, a while. I was kind of in and out of various um, CrossFit gyms in the area, and then I guess in 2017 I came to CrossFit Jungle Gym, and I've been home ever since. So that's my journey.
0: That's awesome. What? So you 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 played? So I don't know what the correct participated, played cheerleading.
1: <laughs> I cheered. Yeah. Okay. You cheered. Okay. Sure.
0: Okay. Um, so like you did that. Uh huh. You did it competitively. You did it because you want to make friends. You did it because you enjoyed cheerleading.
1: Um, I did it because I really would, I'm four foot 10. So basketball was not an option for me. Um, I went to a Catholic school. Golf also wasn't an option for me. They would not let females on the wrestling team, which is what I was actually interested in at the time. And I thought I probably would have been a really good wrestler, would not let me on the team. Um, I, I had done cheerleading in like seventh and eighth grade. I'd even like coached uh, a little bit to the younger teams, Um, but it was great. Great group of girlfriends, um, just living life together. Um, you know, just learning together, but also cheering together. It was great. Competitive, was amazing and traveling to competitions. And it was, it was a great team sport. And I think I, I enjoy team related activities in general. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like the group component was big for you. Um, it was. So then I, I didn't know you lived on an Indian reservation. That's gotta be like the neatest unknown fact ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I lived on the Hopi reservation in Arizona, which I always describe as, ooh, Coach James will love this, the donut hole (laughs) of the Navajo Reservation. That's how I've always described it. Navajo Nation is huge. It goes um, over – it encompasses Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico. And then right in the middle of that in Arizona, about an hour north of Winslow, Arizona, if you remember the Eagles song, um, is the Hopi Reservation, Palaka, Arizona, Um, there's absolutely nothing there. Go ahead. I dare you to Google Palaka, Arizona and see if you can find anything. There's nothing there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. but there was half marathons.
1: (laughs) The half marathon was (laughs) not there. No, I trained, I trained there. And I think, I think it was like 6,200 feet above sea level on the Hopi reservation. So I trained at 6,200 feet, but then I did the, the, the run. In Phoenix, Arizona, which was only like two thousand, so it was like all this extra air that I didn't need to run, but I still wasn't very fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. I I think there's, you know, it's not like a short joke, but like there's certain heights that are better for running long distances. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. So then, you you ran a half marathon. Mm It seems like an odd jump from competitive cheerleading it seemed like peer pressure
1: it was peer pressure just everybody was doing it like just i'm doing i think it was hal higdon's like half marathon training session on a treadmill inside the (laughs) hospital um (laughs) and then i got oh my gosh i got really sick with pneumonia the only time i've ever had pneumonia in my life like two weeks before the half marathon. Like, so my lungs are not working well, but I hadn't done my really longest distance, like my 10 mile yet. So I had someone drop me off 10 miles away (laughs) and I just (laughs) ran back home. Uh, And it wasn't normal to see a little black girl running (laughs) on the highway. reservation. So like all my patients were like, are you okay? They were all stopping trucks. Like, do you need a ride? Are you okay? Did your car break down? But no, I was, that's I hilarious. was my long distance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, no way to force yourself to do it than have somebody drop you that's, off the miles right. from home. <laughs> that's right. Oh man. I feel like you were pretty self-aware on what you were going to need to complete that, that, that workout. That day. Yeah.
1: Well, it was that, or I, I knew that I could quit if if i wasn't forced to run the whole distance so yeah
0: yeah that's good um yeah cool so what what got you started into crossfit when you you know first started yeah
1: so um little known fact um so my husband um is um qualified military police and when i first met him he was doing these crazy Workouts that were until muscle failure. In fact, I went to his apartment once and he was just laying on the ground, like not able to get up because he had done push ups until muscle failure. And I'm like, What the hell are you doing? You look like a crazy person. And he was really doing CrossFit like things in 2007, um, although CrossFit was not as widely aware as it is now. Um, And once he came back from Iraq, um, at in, in 2010, he just kept pushing me. He's like, you know, I really think you would like CrossFit. I really think you would like CrossFit. And it's usually women who, who nag their husbands, but he nagged me. Like he, he could tell that I would like it. And I'm like, I don't think I will like it. I don't think I'm strong enough. And I really kept arguing with him. And I finally was like, I need him to stop saying it. So I'm just going to go. It's going to suck. It's, I'm not going to like it. And I can say I've done it. And then I can never be bothered again. And he was right. And mm-hmm. I loved it. And I signed up for a membership right away. And I, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, people who were, of course, a lot further advanced than I was, and they were doing gymnastics movement. And, and all I kept thinking was, is there ever a day that I'll ever be able to do a kipping pull-up and as you know I can now do a kipping pull-up but I really didn't learn that until Jungle Gym even though I had been to a couple of different CrossFit gyms I didn't get to that level until I was a lot more consistent in my my CrossFit journey so
0: that's that's how
1: I came across CrossFit. CrossFit.
0: Yeah Yeah. Uh, and so you know it's like a (laughs) <laughs> yeah, love at first sight but you had to be like led to the to the site. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> harassed uh-huh. repeatedly. Um yes. Just thinking back if would you have would you have just gone like knowing what you know now would you have just gone the first time?
1: Yes. So, <laughs> knowing what I know now, I probably would have been doing CrossFit in let's see. I entered so I wouldn't have done it on the reservation because there was no CrossFit there. But as soon as I got to my first prison duty station, I would have been doing it then. And I would have been doing it all this time. And then I probably wouldn't have taken a break when I did after
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 fast forward a little bit to okay. um CrossFit jungle, Jim. When you start okay. with us. So you've had experience at other CrossFit gyms. You've had mm-hmm. some experience doing other fitness-related activities. And, you know, when I said you've been a three-and-a-half-year member and you told us about, like, the, the big overview of your fitness journey and you said now you're, now you're home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me, tell me why, why, why that word.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, if we go back to the cheerleading days, just being on a team of people that you trust to throw you up into the air and catch you. Uh, to encourage you to trust them, to um, compete at a level where, like, you're getting first place, you know, trophies, you know, to be on that kind of team. Like, you're building a rapport with people all the time. Day by day, you're building further and further rapport, you know, until you're friends, until your family. Um, and Jungle Gym has been different than even other local Crossfits, in that I felt that I fit in and I made friends that were encouraging um coaches who knew my name and were encouraging to me to try this next movement um I won't call out coaches because they, they all do it but but probably some coaches more so than others like yeah, you know, you're not doing the 10-pound wall ball anymore. Let's just stop with that, right? Like, (laughs) just, you're done. (laughs) Um, And, like, pushing you to where they know that you can go, um, where you may not necessarily think that you can or don't want to, um, but they know that you can do more than you're giving yourself credit to do. And I don't think – I'm not saying that other CrossFits don't do that. I'm just saying I did not experience that once I left my New York CrossFit in in the other New Jersey CrossFit gyms in the local area. So that's kind of how I knew that I was home. Um, And I look forward to workouts as bad as they look, you know, um, as much, you know, before I got back into running, um, oh, it has running in it. Like I'm not skipping days just because it has um, workouts or exercise components that I'm not necessarily a fan of. I want to do it every time. Um, you know, I am an unlimited member, and I want to come in unlimited Sunday workouts. That's seven days that I can work out. <laughs> that that's awesome. Except right now, that I can't do hero wads just with my yeah. shoulder. But I mean, if I didn't have this shoulder thing, I'd be coming in seven days. A Every days, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, th- I think based on you know some of your career projects, and you know side gigs and experiences, like, that fitness and health seems to be important to you?
1: It it is. So, um, for those who don't know, I am a pharmacist by degree and and work, but not for much longer. And um, health is really important to me. Um, What a lot of folks may not know about medicine, um, because you don't hear it as much, is that Almost every disease state that I learned about in school the the first line of treatment is diet and exercise like everything diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, Not necessarily autoimmune diseases, but even then it can improve if you do diet and exercise Um, and by diet I mean consistently eating appropriate food not fad diets right and a lot of times, when we think of medicine, we think we're going to the doctor, we're getting a prescription for something, but that isn't really what i even though pharmacy you think medication that's not necessarily what I go into um, my work with, you know so when I talk to patients as much as possible, what can you do in terms of your exercise, in terms of your diet to get you to where you want to go and a lot of my patients that reach their goals it's not the medication that's getting them to their goals it's I really stopped drinking sugary drinks, you know, I stopped eating um, white foods, So especially with our diabetic patients, you know, not eating white potatoes, white bread, um, sugar, which is white, uh, white potatoes and really watching a lot more of what they eat and eating a lot more vegetables. I know um, Coach Tommy mentioned in, in his that that vegetables are like the number one thing that he would recommend. And if more people ate vegetables, you know. I'm just saying they, they probably yeah. wouldn't be as sick
0: but for sure yeah. for yeah. sure and so. I, just just based on what I what I've seen you post mm-hmm. and you know talking to you a little bit about pharmacy I feel like you're even different than the typical pharmacist
1: So I am, um, I have my doctorate in pharmacy, so um, I am able to practice more clinical pharmacy. So um, I don't just, although I do do this on Thursdays, which I did today, I don't just dispense medications, but I also sit down and that's mostly my job is I sit down with patients and I construct a care plan for them to get them to their goals. If that includes tet you know, checking their blood pressure every day for 14 days until I see them for them to see their numbers to recognize, hey, my blood pressure is not on point. So we can talk about what we can do about salt intake, exercise, movement, changing foods, you know, less processed food that has less salt to decrease um, their blood pressure, then, then that's what I do. Um, because of the way that we are paid or not paid, not paid. I'm going to stress that by insurance, we can spend as much time with patients as possible. Most doctors only get 15 minutes, if that per patient, you know, I am scheduled for like 60 minutes with a patient so I can have a lot more time to yeah. go over a lot more things with patients than doctors can and more often. So, um, yeah, I am a little bit different.
0: Do you, do you find that rewarding?
1: Yes, um, I do, um, but do I find something else more rewarding? Yes, but I, I do, I do find it rewarding. Um, you know, October is American Pharmacist Month, and I, I've been posting about different things that I do, and I kind of forget how big of a deal it is, especially from the patient's perspective, those things that I do, because I do it all the time, so it's like, it's yeah. just easy to me. But just yesterday, I caught a drug interaction for a patient who... Is not go- her diabetic foot infection you know um, and the amputation the infection is not going to go away because there was a drug interaction with her antibiotic and if I didn't catch that nobody else was going to anytime soon and she'd be on medication yeah. for a long time for no reason
0: yeah 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 so I think one of the things that I want to stress about what what you described in the pharmacy is how much guidance and like coaching that actually happens in the way that you've done pharmacy, like, and like what expertise that, that you've sort of built around coaching people into outcomes and like sort of the here, let's figure out what, what plan we need to make to make it work. And I think it's really, really cool because like we try and do so much of the same thing at CrossFit Journal gym with how we get client results and like, you know, you're part of the process. Like, we have like, well, you didn't go through the first 60 days because you had so much um, experience already. Like, you know, we meet and talk about goals and we go, here's what you need to do to accomplish your goals. And then we set up a plan for two months and that's called the first 60 days. And then every 90 days after that, we sit down talk about your goals, make sure that we're on the right plan. And like, you know, this is one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you. And like, I didn't, these are like little tidbits that I didn't even, I didn't know all the details. Okay. But anyway, um, like coaching, coaching people, I think just it, there's so many parallels in different industries where there's not coaching happening that could be so much better with coaching happening and like coming up with better plans. Um and so I think what's cool about that is obviously, you know, health-related goals is directly in conjunction with like what we do at CrossFit General Gym. I think that's awesome. And like, one of my personal, what, what I think the world needs most of is people who are personally responsible and take care of themselves in as many ways as possible. And it, there's plenty of facets. And like, you know, when we started CrossFit Journal Gym, it was like, let's help people figure out how to take care of themselves, health and fitness. Because that's, in my mind, that's the biggest, you know, it's, it's the biggest problem in the world as a whole is like, people don't know how to f- take care of their, their health and fitness. And if they did... I bet a lot of healthcare costs would go down. Mm-hmm. Um, global economies would would rise because people know how to take care of themselves. Yada yada. yada. I won't go too far down the rabbit hole. Um, but I think another huge component of people take care of themselves is knowing what to do with their finances, mm-hmm. and that is something that that you do. So it, t- tell us a little bit more. It is.
1: So I am a financial coach. Um, I started Vera Financial Coaching in 2018, but the idea of coaching and leading people to financial success started for me in 2009. So that is when we were, we, I was working my second prison. Um, Andre was in Iraq. We had just... (laughs) In 2008 we bought a brand new car with zero dollars down with a six hundred nineteen dollar a month um, Monthly payment we bought a brand new house with zero dollars down. We went on a two-week vacation This was all before he was going to Iraq just in case things didn't work out the way we wanted it to Um, we went on a two-week vacation to Europe and everything went on a credit card uh, he went to Oklahoma to to gear up to go to Iraq in January 2009. And at the end of January 2009, it's too late now. We've already made all these decisions. I discovered a guy named Dave Ramsey, and um, I learned how to really set up a budget and um, work with with money and pay things down and live debt free. And in 2010. Um, When he came back from Iraq, we became debt-free and I've been kind of leading friends, um, not like, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Not officially, so unofficially since 2010. And then in 2008, I was like, you know, I really would love to do this full-time. I do it all the time anyway. Um, I coach people uh, and they love the work that I do with them. And it's everybody, it's folks who make barely any money to people who are making over $200,000 a year. Like people across the spectrum have questions about what to do to be successful with money. And what hits me is that people make so much money and work so hard every day and then retire like living on like social security, which is just the strangest thing to me. And so I started my business in 2018. And um, I've been doing it ever since. I love the coaching aspect of it. It's not planning. It's not advising. It's coaching, um, walking people through the steps of getting out of debt and then learning how to become wealthy slowly. It's not a crock. It's not, excuse me. It is a crock pot. It's not a microwave method. Just how to get rich slowly to live with dignity. That, that is my goal for everybody that I work with.
0: Yeah. What do you find like so I think you listed a bunch of them already but it's like what are what are the major mistakes that people are are making that keep them from their financial goals in your experience
1: Okay I think if I'm going to list them I would list two things and I would you know support them 100% in that those are the two things that hold people back Number 1 people don't budget they have zero idea where their money is going every month. People think of the budget as another, another B word, an inappropriate word that they don't want to use in their vocabulary. But another word for budgeting is just a cash flow plan. And you know, budgeting is you telling your money where to go instead of at the end of the month asking where it went. You know, like so many families are like, I know we made money, where did it go? When, when you think about, you know, the average household income is like $60,000 a year, over 10 years, that's $600,000. You think of the last 10 years, where did your $600,000 go? You know, can you account for $600,000? And a lot of people can't. Um, the other thing um, besides not budgeting that people do incorrectly, I think that really holds them back from winning with money is doing too many things at one time. I'm paying... 73 different credit cards i'm paying on the car no i'm paying on student loans i'm you know paying on the cell phone plan because i couldn't afford the phone so i'm making monthly payments on the phone and the insurance and everything else and you're just being cut in a you know you're you're dying by a thousand cuts um and so that is definitely one of the things that i work on with them those two things especially learning how to budget from a monthly perspective, and then from a paycheck perspective, like each paycheck, what you're going to do with that. And then how do we come up with a plan where you're being laser focused on one thing at a time until it's taken care of, and then you're moving on to the next thing. And honestly, I actually just talked to a client today, and my love language is words of affirmation. And she's like, thank you just so much for working with me. I never thought I would be at this place. I had no hope that I would be at this place. And she's just so ecstatic for where she is right now.
0: Yeah. And that's gotta be way more rewarding to hear somebody say it. It
1: is. It is. Like, I I, I love that feeling of, I'm helping someone change their family tree where, you know, they're not wondering how they're gonna pay for college for their kid because they're still paying for their own college that they left 10 years ago, but they're still paying on. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What... you know, so like obviously you went through your own um, sort of financial transformation and then you were mm-hmm. helping others. What what about it like makes it the most exciting for you?
1: So my two favorite things to do in the world, honestly, are budgeting and grocery shopping. I know I sound super exciting. Everybody wants to be my friends. Those <laughs> are my two favorite things to do. If you plop me down in Wegmans, like, oh. I am in a little bit of heaven. I love Wegmans. I can be there all day just touching things and deciding what meals I could make with this fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's me and, and Wegmans. And then budgeting. I told someone this today, too. So, my favorite day of the week. It's Friday. My husband and I are paid on opposite Fridays. So we get a paycheck every Friday. Friday. And so on Friday morning, I wake up and the first thing I do is go to our budgeting app and like dispense all the different dollars into the different budgeting um, profiles of where the money is going. And especially this year, which I actually shocked myself with the amount that we saved this year, but just not being able to do as much with covid-19 we were able to save just so much money um, and i kind of didn't tell my husband how much we were saving and then i i told him recently and he was confused he he thought i was off by uh, like quite a, a number he was like oh that's that's not great and i'm like i think you're misunderstanding what i'm saying these are the numbers i'm saying he's like oh my gosh how did you do that but yeah, like you can save a whole bunch of money when you're not doing things that you don't need to be doing. Like if you are knee deep in debt or neck deep in debt, you shouldn't see inside of a restaurant unless you're working in it and getting tip money to pay towards debt, right? So, um, not eating out this year has, has helped our financial um picture quite a bit,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. So. And you know, not eating out at restaurants probably helps the fitness out a bit too, yeah, bonus. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, let me. I I I'm I, I'm very intrigued by the financial end of things as well. Okay. Um. And you know, I, I don't really tell people about like the financial history at all of like what it was like to start a business, uh-huh. especially one with a, a large overhead. You know, having a four thousand square foot facility, but like, you know my first budgets were always around how do I make this amazing thing happen and I don't need any money (laughs) and so at first the budget was super important to make it possible and then you know it turned into like you know we've made this awesome thing like maybe we should take a a bit of a paycheck and figure out what Mm -hmm. our life should look like as well Um, so maybe some people start the opposite way I I don't know but I've always, I've personally found that like paying attention to that stuff has made a huge difference. And like, you know, there's an activity that, that we run through, like that I run through. So like I mentor with a two brain business and, you know, an activity that we go through, like we call it the perfect day exercise, like what really makes you happy, like, or what do you at least imagine is going to make you happy a year from now. And, you know, one of the things for me is like, I know a lot of people have some really nice cars and like, quite frankly, I just don't it's not my thing.
1: I don't care for cars.
0: I don't, you know, and, um, you know, so I thought it was, it was a, it was a valuable exercise between, you know, number one budget, like, here's the budget I want to stay with. Number two is like, what are the things that really matter to me? And it's like, you know, I could spend $50,000 on a car, or I can drive my old 17 year old truck that has a dinged up bumper and not fix it for five years. And Maybe I look like a hobo, but I don't care because that truck doesn't make me happy in any Mm -hmm. meaningful way. Instead, I didn't spend the $50,000 on the truck and I can spend it on things I do love, like more fitness related activities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, so um, yeah, if, if somebody was interested in like figuring out their financial future and they wanted help, how would they reach out to you? What would be the best way?
1: So um, the easiest way would be through my email, verafinancialcoaching at gmail.com. The vera is for truth. Um, I was a Latin scholar in high school. That's another random piece of information. And it's also part of my last name, Rivera. Um, And I just bring truth to finances. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm not going to make you do extra sessions with me so that I can get paid more, just to teach you something that you can do yourself. Honestly, what I do, you could teach yourself, but a lot of people need that coaching. Just kind of like with nutrition and fitness, like you could do it yourself, but a lot of people would either not do it at all or possibly do it wrong and take that much more time and waste that much more time and money trying to get their, their finances right. So why not do a couple of sessions with me, figure out a plan for you and your family situation to get you to the goal that you want, um, do a follow-up session to make sure that you're on the right path. And then usually I'm hands off from there. So usually it's about two sessions, um, maybe three, depending. If there's a third one, it's usually like a year down the road. But it's some of the, the best times that I, I spend with people. I, I, I feel like I give a lot of myself um, in those sessions. Um, you get a recommendation form at the end. You get follow-up phone calls. Afterwards to make sure that you know You're staying on point and you're doing the activities that we decided that you're going to do to get to your next level um And so yeah, that's vera financial coaching really proud of my little business I I love the the folks that I've been able to help so far They like to recommend me to their friends Which makes me feel like I'm really doing a service to them if you're willing to recommend me to your friend if you're not willing to recommend me to your friend then I wonder, you know, what did I do wrong in serving you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. That's the perfect strategy. <laughs> do good work. Yeah, do good work. Um, now, something that that um, I find valuable as a well, just like as a as another entrepreneur trying to connect people to other entrepreneurs, is like, well, who's who's the person that that you want to work with. Do you know what your, your favorite client, like what the traits are of your favorite client are? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So when I started my business, um, I created a profile of, uh, of who I would, you know, who I'm working towards. And when I do my videos, who am I talking to? And generally, um, it is, um, a female, um, client ages anywhere from like 25 to 45. Um, possibly married um with some debt usually car debt and or student loan debt um when we're getting into the older ages i'm thinking married with children and so that's who i talk to uh, i probably should be on pinterest more because that demographic is definitely on pinterest <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am I'm not a Pinterest person, so I, I fail in, in that regard. But that is who I talk to generally. Um what I I'm trying to get them younger and younger to get them prepared sooner for retirement. So if I could you know, if I could hit up every twenty one and twenty-two year old mm-hmm. coming out of, you know, trade school, coming out of college, coming out of any college, associate degree, bachelor's degree, doctorate. Um, and get them started so that they aren't buying that brand new car right out of the college and, you know, yeah. sticking themselves with debt that, that they don't need to so that when they retire, when they decide to retire, a lot more people are not retiring early these days. Um, but let's say they decide at 65 that they want to retire, that they that they can have the retirement that they want, if that includes the traveling that they've wanted to do, um, you know there's so much i want to say about that too you know travel early because you don't know if you can travel late um, in retirement that's really who i i would want to talk to and up until about age 45 we can have a solid plan to still get you to retirement on time it's when we start getting to the older ages that you know people have to save a lot more and they get really scared and then they go into inertia and it's like i'm so scared i'm just gonna do nothing And then you're kind of stuck with um, social security. So I try to get people as early as possible, but I will work with a 55 year old. I will work with a 60 year old if they're willing to work with me and do the work. I just find that it's a lot more palatable to tell someone to save $250, $500 a month versus you need to save $3,000 a month to get you to where you need to go. You know, it's just a lot harder. Yeah.
0: So the the people that get the most value from your service are the younger they are, the more value. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, And people that are willing to do the work, like, you know, parents who want to see a difference for their kids, that they don't want them to have um, the same upbringing that they had, where they had no financial knowledge whatsoever. You know, that, that is a great, you know, client to work with so that they can teach the next generation of people you know that generational wealth thing is huge. So many people don't have that, but you could be in your family the first person start, to
0: start,
1: yeah. yeah, to start generational wealth. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, as a kind of continuation of that conversation, I think, you know, like talking about personal responsibility and changing your own life, and part, partly not making excuses. Like, um, you know, our our client you know, avatar, so to say, is like somebody who's tried a bunch of other gyms and it just hasn't been able to make it work. And like, you know, we're going to make sure that you have a step-by-step instruction and we're gonna make sure that you feel a part of this no matter who you are. And like, we're going to stay true to that and we'll make decisions based on that. And like, if, if you don't need it, if you don't need us, you don't need us mm-hmm. but if you if you want to be a part of something awesome and you want some help along the way and you're not afraid to to admit it like it sounds like vera financial is an awesome place to go for finances and cross the the perfect place to go for fitness mm-hmm. um is there anything else that you want to add today rachel
1: just random but yes so I, I feel like finances and fitness kind of go hand in hand in that for either of them, once you get that, when you get it under control, really more like the, the eating aspect of, uh, of fitness, like once you are eating the right food and recognizing that there is um, like an end to that eating well, like which is better health, right? So you're eating well, you're noticing that you are sleeping better, that you are running farther and faster, um, that you want to do that in other aspects of your life. And that's kind of like with finances as well. People who start budgeting recognize that setting goals will get them yes. to where they want to go. And so I, I I like the the combination of that. I will say that by by getting out of debt, I did also lose weight because I recognize all the food that I was <laughs> buying and didn't need to be buying. Yeah. So they they kind of went hand in hand. But especially for, you know, the folks that are gonna be listening to this podcast, like if you're working on your your fitness, why not work on your financial fitness as well? Um you, you do really well in one aspect, why not do well in both?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Have it stacking. Like. Crush it gateway, gateway, um, activities.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good, good gateway activities.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, it's, I have another episode lined up with one of our members who loves to garden. And, um, I, I, anyways, without going too far into it, that's it for today. <laughs> Rachel, thank you for, uh, joining me, uh, on the CrossFit diligent Podcast, and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.